When I first took a show up to the Edinburgh Fringe back in 2010, I spent a lot of time sitting out on the Royal Mile next to a bin, writing poems for strangers. So I got to watch hours and hours of street performers, mainly magicians, doing the same 20-minute set over and over, setting up their space, attracting a crowd, some patter, and then some tricks. Now what surprised me was that out of a 20-minute performance, probably less than five was devoted to anything that could be construed as a trick, you know, making something disappear, juggling a bit of light acrobatics, whatever. Most of the act was the patter. They'd do one small trick early on to gather some people in, then the rest of it was the build-up to the final stunt, which was maybe knocking a toothpick out of someone's mouth with the ace of spades. So there'd be two tricks in the whole set. That was it. And just before they did that final trick... And it always surprised me. It shocked me, actually. They'd do the hat pitch. They'd wait till the crowd was at its biggest, then they'd announce that the moment the trick was done, they were going to ask for money. And what struck me was that in that moment, all the light convivial patter fell away for every act, for every act, without exception. And they'd make no attempt to make the audience comfortable. They could be quite aggressive. I am not a beggar, one guy would shout. Do not put change into the hat. I want fives, tens, twenties, things that fold. And he wasn't joking. He didn't smile. He meant it. I'm about to do a trick, another would say. I'm about to make all the tight people disappear. And by tight he didn't mean 1920s slang for drunk, but in fact parsimonious. And when they said these things, the atmosphere in the crowd would palpably change. The laughter would die out, because really... These guys were exploiting the implicit social contract to offer the audience a choice. You can stay here now and pay me for what I'm about to show you, or you can fuck off. But this rapport we've established, this funny, easy back and forth, it means nothing to me if you don't dig into your pockets and give me money. And the wild thing is, (laughs) the majority of people put in that situation made to feel that sudden alienation, that scolding from a person who up until now has mentioned nothing of financial obligation and yet all at once demands payment. Most people, in my experience, will overcome the discomfort created through the path of least resistance by handing over money. Because it's just the easiest way of relieving that psychic tension And, 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 and they'll tell themselves they wanted to afterwards probably. You know what? It was worth it. It was worth paying a tenner for five minutes of shouting and one shit 15-second trick watched from the third row of a jostling crowd. What a scintillating carnival experience. And at least I won't have to walk around for the rest of the day knowing a random French juggler disapproves of me. The best of those guys were sometimes taking upwards of 600 quid in untaxed cash for a 20-minute set. Think about it, right? Imagine making nearly two grand an hour by making strangers feel weird obligation towards you. But it works. It's really effective way of doing a hat pitch. And so, having watched this for nearly a month, having seen the psychology of it, having heard them compare hat takes with each other and talk about strategies and see how their real craft wasn't magic or juggling or climbing up on a ladder at all but manipulating human beings to be completely honest with you I briefly considered following their lead 
I record Death of a Thousand Cuts without any sponsorship, without adverts or funding. Everything from the equipment to the hosting costs for my website and for hosting the podcast itself to the time it takes me to write and record and edit each episode. All of that I pay for myself. When I teach workshops or retreats or do manuscript consultancy on people's novels, writers are paying 400 500 800 pounds for a place. When I teach on an undergrad or PhD course, they might be paying thousands. So it's really important to me that this, the podcast and the bits that I put up on the blog, it's important to me that all this is free at the point of use. Because a lot of creative writing pedagogy is gated behind frankly ludicrous financial barriers that turn novel writing into a nice little middle-class cartel. It's not a slam against middle-class writers, not a slam against investing money in yourself and your passions, but I want that to be open to everybody and I don't want to be just another huckster offering the ultimate bestseller formula or an online creative writing masterclass and only giving that information to people who are willing to part with lots of money. This is nuts and bolts, slow burn stuff. It's from the heart. It's all hard won information. I don't make any rash promises in it to try and sucker you in. Uh, most of it I've learned from my incredible peers and mentors. And of course, I'm still learning. I never want to stop. But I'm just a guy in his office who loves stories and who wants to share everything because I know it's hard and some of this will hopefully, for you, make writing easier and more fun and better. All of which is a long-winded way of saying, look, I chose to do this. You don't owe me anything for listening to these podcasts, for following this course. All my life I've just followed my heart, done the projects and created the things I feel like in some quasi mystic way, the things I'm supposed to be doing, I don't know, and I've trusted that the means to support myself and the means to keep making stuff for people will emerge at some point in the process as long as I give everything to it and I work hard and I do it honestly. And up until now, it always has, which is magical thinking, right? I know that there's no reason why that should happen, but... um. That's the closest thing I have to, you know, a life philosophy, I guess. And and so to you, I say, if you've enjoyed this course, if you love what I do, if you want to chuck some money into the hat so I can keep doing it, so I can make more episodes and try new things and reach writers who might really be helped by this, uh, go to my website, timclairpoet.co.uk. That's timclairpoet.co.uk. There's a little button on the side that says buy me a coffee if you click on that it will take you through to a page where you can drop me a little bit of cash not it won't literally all be spent on coffee it'll be spent on hosting costs and uh, keeping the lights on or you can go direct to the page itself actually that's uh, coffee.com forward slash tim claire that's ko-fi.com forward slash tim claire secondly uh i'm an author writing is what i do it's my day job uh, I don't make very much money from it, but for what it's worth, it's uh, it's you know it's my life and it's what I've given my time on this earth to do. Uh, please buy my novel, The Honours. If you've already got it and you enjoyed it, please consider buying copies as gifts for friends or family. I get money every time someone's buy someone buys one of my books. If my publisher see my books are selling, they're more likely to accept my next one. Bookshops are more likely to give me shelf space. Reviewers are more likely to review me. It's everything. Finally. And I don't want to overload you with stuff, with calls to action. Uh, those first two are definitely the most important. But if things are tight and you'd still like to help, uh, there's a couple of non-financial ways that you can help me out. 
You could leave a review of Death of a Thousand Cuts on iTunes. You could subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. You could subscribe on SoundCloud if you've got a SoundCloud account. You can go on social media, post links on Twitter and Facebook explaining what we're all about here and inviting people to come listen to the podcast and try it out or maybe try out the Couch to 80K writing bootcamp. If you write a blog, you could maybe stick a little link up to my website or you could maybe write a few lines pointing people my way and giving a link to the podcast. And if you've read The Honours and you liked it, you can go on Amazon and Goodreads and other book selling sites and leave a review. It helps people find the book and it makes my little heart swell with happiness. And if you like, you can even do all of those things. And thanks for sticking around. That's it. That's the hat pitch. I didn't want to be bombarding you with requests after every single episode. I know it just sort of starts to blur into uh, one thing and lots of people are asking these things, but I just thought I'd do it all in one go here. Um, and I, you know, Thanks. Hello and welcome to Death of a Thousand Cuts Couch to 80k Writing Bootcamp Week 8, Day 5. Today you're going to write for 20 minutes without distraction. No phone, no social media. You can continue a scene from earlier in the week or you can start something completely new. But you're going to be working on your novel, the stuff that you planned last week, digging into it, discovering what you think about it, meeting the characters in moments of crisis or decision, testing narrators to see if anything really bites. Even if you have absolutely no intention of continuing this novel after tomorrow, I'd still like you to dive into this scene today, whatever it is, as if this were your big passion project. Perhaps you could imagine you're some great author of legend, observed by the gods as he or she or they unknowingly embarks upon the scene that is to one day delight millions the world over. And the gods marvel that you do not realise the importance of what you're setting out to do in whatever humble surroundings you're writing in. And they wonder at each pause for thought, each hesitation, each deleted word, as slowly, slowly the first snowflakes settle in the tentative beginnings of a future masterpiece. And who knows? It's possible. It might be you. you got 20 minutes, my friend. Audio marker at 10. Are you ready? Go.
Welcome to your doom.
And that's it. Do get a good night's sleep. And for the last time, I'll say, see you tomorrow. <laughs>